Hello everyone, I'm Joe Fricky of the Movie Change Up Podcast and welcome to the uh, season one, I guess the only real season, of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode three review. This episode was called The Power Broker and it was a really good, fun episode. It reminded me a lot of John Wick to the point that I would not have been surprised if when the credits rolled, if it said directed by Chad Stahelski and part of me kind of expected that, but it was not. It was, you know, a normal... Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier director. Uh, Almost Tristan. there. Tristan, what what are your thoughts? How do you feel about this episode? Yeah, you mentioned John Wick. I kind of got like a Cyberpunk 2077 vibe. You know, they're walking through this like neon kind of city. And I was like, wow, Disney did it better than the developers of Cyberpunk 2077. So shout out to them. <laughs> that game's now, what, 110 days not being sold on PlayStation to bomb so bad. So yeah. somehow Disney delayed the show and still got to them first. But yeah, I had a really good time with the episode. You could probably say some of it was filler, but I feel like it was such a fun diversion of tone, kind of like not what I expected the show to do, yeah. that I had a good time with the, the adventure of it. I want to talk more about it. There was some good kind of plot developments towards the end, so I'm I'm more curious now towards the direction of the show because I feel like this was a curveball that I wasn't really expecting just in kind of the tone and the, the characters they brought in and out. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, they're still sticking with, with the political thriller type of vibes, but I feel like every week it's like a different type of political thriller. And uh, I really like this week. It's kind of like, hey, you're kind of stuck working with your enemies. And I really love when, you know, not even just political thrillers, but any movie is kind of like, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, even if my new friend is a former enemy. So I really loved everything with Baron Zemo, including his little dance. That was my favorite shot of the whole episode was just when they're in the club and he gives like that one, two uh, dance move right there. That was that was pretty great. That was my favorite, favorite shot, favorite moment of the episode. And there was a lot of really good moments in this episode. Yeah, I think you called it last week that he was going to be like a Hannibal Lecter kind of character. See, I would and say, they really went for that vibe in the first couple of scenes, especially, I think. Well, I was thinking more like he was going to be in his cell the whole time. I didn't think they were coming. So I would say it wasn't really a whole Hannibal Lecter vibe. Like, he's full on, like, in the mission. He's going with them. So um, I have an interesting prediction, I think, for Verzimo, what they what might do for him in the rest of the series that I'm uh, just kind of pulling out of thin air after watching this one episode. But I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious, like you I mentioned... I want to hear what your yeah, I'll, is. I'll explain. It. All right, I do like you mentioned. I was really into Zemo in this episode. I wasn't quite sure what they're gonna do with him because in Civil War he had an interesting backstory, but it wasn't like particularly compelling or anything like that. It, he was kind of a blank slate of a character. So I think this really expanded on him a lot, and I think they kind of paid off and gave homage to Red Skull in Endgame and kind of like sent that character away. And I think that. By the end of this season, we're going to see Zemo become like the new Red Skull. He's kind of going to be like a new Hydra, like a Red Skull kind of agent representation within this uh, Disney Plus Marvel Universe. I think even we might even see like his mask be like, kind of like a Red Skull, literally. <laughs> well, that's interesting. See, my thinking is he's going to, because the vibe I was definitely getting from, and this is a full spoiler review for the Yeah, by the way, we've watching. already mentioned everything. <laughs> yeah, so my vibe, my vibe I was getting is like an evil Batman. Like he's this super rich guy. He even has his own, you know, European butler with him. And he, you can tell just watching him. He's always listening, always observing, always watching everything that's going down. I definitely get like an evil Batman type vibe. And just from everything I know of what they're doing, I definitely think he's going to be joining the uh, Thunderbolts eventually to kind of be, which will be like the villain group of the Disney Plus pocket universe inside the MCU. So I feel like that's the vibe that they're going. 
but I also have a super bold prediction <laughs> for this show that I, I want to get your thoughts on. So basically, they keep hyping up the power broker. I mean, that's the title of the episode. There's even a shot of uh, like when they're when they first walk. I can't remember the name of the like city state that it, that they go to. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It, it looked like it, it looked awesome. Yeah, whatever it was. it was, that 4K shot across the water. I was like, oh man, that's why I bought that TV. <laughs> like, yeah. it really was great on this HDR and everything. Yeah. Like, shout out to Disney Plus yeah. for investing in at least nice effects shots yeah. and wides and things like that. It really gives it like a cinematic scope. I just want to give that context before you go yeah. into it. Yeah, and there's a shot when they walk in that's like the power broker is always watching. They keep hyping up the power broker. So I'm like, there's no way the power broker is going to be like a random actor, like no-name actor playing a character we've never seen before. Like they're just hyping it. So I think it's either going to be like a big, huge actor. It's going to be like Tom Hanks or Brad Pitt or somebody like just this massive actor or it's going to be a face we're familiar with. And I think I have it down to three people that I think the power broker will be. I you got to give me all three of those. I can't wait. I think it's going to be Tim Blake Nelson's uh, character, Mr. Blue from the Incredible Hulk, who is kind of working with doing the super soldier serum. And I looked him up and he's currently in custody, according to the MCU Wikipedia page. Because I, I haven't seen that movie in so long. I couldn't remember if he died at the end or not. Or sorry, four, four characters. Uh, I think it's either going to be Tim Blake Nelson's character from the Incredible Hulk um, or uh, Tim Roth's character from the Incredible Hulk Abomination, because I think he's going to be part of the Thunderbolts as well, so they want to bring him back. I think it's going to be Thunderbolt Ross himself, or this is my big bold prediction. Uh, I think it's going to be Sharon Carter is going to be revealed to be the power broker. Interesting. I would and like that. She's that actually twist. been the villain the whole time, because I think kind of what they were giving with her backstory she feels betrayed by her government and she's kind of gone off and is doing her own thing and i think someone who's been around captain america for a while but around the winter soldier knows how the serum works would be an interesting character and i feel like it would make and they even there was a scene or a moment where they talked about where she stole captain america's shield from the government to give to cap she stole the wings from bucky like what if we have a flashback scene where she goes to steal the shield and then she just sees like four or five vials of the serum and she snags those as well and that was kind of the start of her That'd be interesting. career so that's that's my number one draft pick of who it is is thunderbolt ross is the power broker uh and he's like working on building the you know the thunderbolts and then my number two draft pick is sharon carter bold prediction i do like that prediction i like to watch that i think i think you ha might have a good idea there, but I'm leaning more towards what you mentioned with the Incredible Hulk connection. So I do think they want to start setting up the universe. We've yeah. been seeing news about the shows coming up, and they had that She-Hulk show coming sooner than later. Yeah, and they're probably going to want to at least plug in a couple characters. And like they had Rhodey at the beginning of this, I'm sure he'll come back for like the finale, maybe or something like that. Maybe yeah. a couple characters will connect here and there. I'm sure, Mark. So Ruffalo I do will think as, this, as these seasons go along, they're going to collect. They're going to connect a lot more than maybe Wandavision did. So I'm curious yeah. to see that. Especially, like, in the last scene of this episode, we had a character show up. And I think, like you mentioned, they can go anywhere with that. And I really am I'm, I'm interested to see how much they reach into those established characters now that they have all that to build from, you know? One thing I'm curious about, and I read online and I want your opinion on, so obviously, like, one of – I can't remember what they're called, but, like, the women Wakanda 
warriors shows up at the end and there's speculation that maybe he was too sick or maybe he had you know died at that point do you think originally in the script it was supposed to be Chadwick Boseman that shows up or do you think it was always supposed to be a one of those warriors I didn't think about that but I think I think it is a good parallel where like these two big female characters enter in this episode mm-hmm. the kind of like uh parallel Bucky and yeah. And Falcon, I think it'll be cool to have those two dynamic leads, but I do think it would have been really great to see Chadwick Boseman show up. I think, I don't know if they would like blow the Black Panther. I'm sure, that's like an expensive. He's an expensive actor to get, and it's a big character to get. Yeah. But really, it's Marvel. They can do whatever they want to do with their with their actors. So that would have been interesting. Either way, I'm sad it couldn't have been him, but yeah. I think it was going to be this either way. Yeah, yeah, and I think with her showing up. And then one of my favorite moments like throughout the episode or like in that scene was the Winter Soldier Bucky going back to his like Winter Soldier ways kind of undercover. Um, Makes just almost to me to the point that it's not even a theory is I'm going to be disappointed if it happens if he doesn't transition from being called the Winter Soldier to the White Wolf. Yeah, I definitely think you're on about that. And that scene in particular really fed my uh theory on zemo because i think just him guiding what would have been the witcher soldier through and he kind of really came off as like this red skull character and the way he was treating falcon in that scene you could see like the he was very like degrading towards falcon and racist in some of his like microaggressions and and things like that so maybe i think they're going to bring in that kind of nazi connection to hydra without really having to call them nazis Daniel, I mean, Daniel Bruhl's played a Nazi before, so. That so, is true. I would, I, first time. He's also, you know, in Inglorious Bastards. He's also in one of my favorite Christmas movies, Joy Noel. So I'm always happy when he shows up. <laughs> I think he's a good actor. I write down Joy Noel for my, my Christmas marathon, you know. Right. Dave Bruhl, I can always take more Baron Zemo. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a good, solid movie. I got to find it somewhere over here. There we go. We talked yeah. a lot about Baron Zemo. I want to hear a little bit more about some of your feelings on the actual main characters of the show, oh, yeah. Falcon and Bucky. Look at that. Watch our stream on Twitch if you want to see the cover of that Christmas classic Join the recommended yeah. by Movie Changeup endorsed. I think you can read Joe's quote in the back of the box if you look really close. Hey, it was, I think it won Best Foreign Language Film that year at the Oscars, or it was at least nominated. But yeah, so as far as the main characters, uh, Falcon really didn't have a whole lot to do in this episode. This very much felt like, uh, I mean, he had the one scene where his sister called him, which I thought was just like not a very good scene. Like I, I feel like he could have been just said anything and just like hung up, but I kind of get the vibe. They knew the entire time he wasn't the guy who he said he was, and they were just waiting for a moment to catch him. Like I, like it to me, there were so many moments in this episode that if you really thought about what they've how they've set up this universe, that doesn't really make sense like there's been if, like if you watch spider-man far from home they have documentaries about the like the blip and like the fight with thanos and stuff like that because peter somebody's on the plane and scrolling through and you see like three or four documentaries to the point that in wandavision a lot of the side characters like cat denning's characters know like play by play what happened that is very interesting they were there and watched it and then you cut to falcon and winter soldier like if that's the case to the point that kat dennings knows play by play what happened all of these people a 
should someone in that bar should have rec- I understand like the guy at the bank didn't recognize Falcon, but like someone A should have recognized Falcon and B more importantly, they should know that Bucky is a good guy now. They should know like the whole I mean, I understand partially it's been 5 years, but to a certain extent they should know that Bucky is a good guy now and him showing up under Baron Zemo's control who they also should have probably known is supposed to be in prison. Like, him breaking out in prison, breaking out of prison, should have been, like, national news. So, like, they all should have just had their guard up the entire time and not have just let them waltz through that club. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the world building, especially in this show, is is hard to follow because they're trying to establish the way that society's reacting to this snap. So that's always kind of like a a world-building question that things are very weird in some places, but in other places it seems very casual, like nothing even really happened. And you mentioned the recognizing of the characters. I think that's something that I'm confused by too. I think Bucky's been in a few situations throughout this show so far where I think really nobody in this like whole bar recognizes him. And he goes on that date and has to hide his arm. And I'm like, she didn't like recognize you from all of this news coverage or something, you know, like I think they're, they're really kind of, having to walk on eggshells with this world building and they're kind of not making it. They're stopping on some eggshells <laughs> trying yeah, to get like, through this plot. It's like when they need them to be, they're A-list celebrities. And when they need them to not be, then they're not. But I also understand because I think... I can't remember if in Endgame... In, 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 when he shows up in Endgame, if he has long hair or not, because I can understand, okay, like the short hair could throw people off and surprise people and you wouldn't think it's him. But like... I don't know. It's just weird how sometimes they get recognized and but other times they don't, especially in like a bar like that. I feel like people should know, especially when it's like a black guy with Winter Soldier, like their first thought should be like, is that Falcon? You know? <laughs> yeah, they're seeing like three major faces. They probably, even Zemo has probably been like on the news in some way because they probably well, covered some of the stuff that happened in Civil War and, yeah. and all that. Well, like Baron Zemo, like I think was introducing himself as Zemo, like... So, so, like, how could they not recognize the context of, oh, here's Zemo, and then there's There's, Falcon, like, and two there's people the... who he hates and who hate him. I don't know. But, I mean, it's, like, a small thing that I guess could be explained away in the future, and I'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. But so far, they just haven't. But yeah, yeah I very... think they're taking a similar route with that when they're addressing, like, the, the results of Thanos' blip. You know, it matters when it needs to for some of the plot, but then there's other moments of the plot where it doesn't matter that much. And I wonder how much they're using that. Like we've seen in the Flag Smashers, they're from this uh, foreign country that's kind of more run down and less, you know, developed. And because and they're a lot more affected by the snap than like we see in the United States uh, in the show. So I wonder if they're trying to in some way make commentary about like richer countries were better off and they were able to get past it more. Versus these other countries that lost a lot more than they did. Yeah. I definitely like how more and more as the show goes on. Like, episode one, the Flag Smashers are villains. Episode two, it's like, okay, they're sympathetic villains where I could kind of undersee where they're coming from. And then, like, episode three, like, I'm getting the vibe that by the finale, it's probably going to be Bucky and Sam working with the Flag Smashers against the pop power broker and i'm not sure exactly what side baron zemo is gonna fall on yeah that's what i'm feeling too they're really especially carly i mean maybe her whole entire group of people goes with her but i think especially carly is going to be fighting alongside the two 
Yeah. Heroes by the end of the show, if not like next episode, because they only have what three episodes left now. Yeah, we're halfway through now. That's weird. You mentioned the top, like this is season one, and I do wonder, like, I said how can one, they finish all of this? Yeah, I in in, th- in three episodes, I do wonder if they're going to do a second season. I don't think so. I think they kind of they announced like it's a limited series, like it's a short series. I, I like I don't I don't think there's going to be a season two. I think this is it. Yeah, I think it will be interesting to see how it wraps up and how much they, how much they end it, uh, like climatically and how much of it's left hanging for other shows. Yeah. How how do you feel about uh, old John Walker in this episode? Because to me, every episode we see him, he just gets further and further away from what Steve Rogers Captain America is. Like this episode, he's basically like, I don't care how we get the results as long as we get it done, which is definitely not what steve rogers opinion was on on missions yeah he's taking the real bad copper team this one you know he's going above and beyond the law he's really pushing the limits of what he can do and they're saying oh we can't do this without war and he's saying oh well let's just like do it casually as a thing let's not investigate it and kind of going beyond what his limitations already are and i think that shows the hypocrisy in some of his the way he the way he talked to falcon and bucky in the previous episodes he seemed like he was very like law abiding and saying, well, that's the rules. You guys got to follow the rules. You guys got to do what they say and that kind of stuff. And yeah. now we see it doesn't apply when he's the one who needs to bend the rules, you know? Yeah. yeah I like that. His friend is also not like a hundred percent on board with him. He's the one that's kind of like, I don't know about this. Like probably not the way to go. Kind of like, I mean, potentially maybe his friend would have folded under the pressure, but it's almost like maybe his friend should have been captain America instead of him. But yeah, I do wonder what the dynamic of that relationship is going to be because we're already seeing a little bit of a fraction there. Are they going to become further and further apart? Is one of them going to have to betray the other or something like that? I wonder. Yeah. Let's see what else. I, I've gotten much more into this uh, as the episodes have gone along. I think the first episode I was kind of like, okay, what are they doing with this? Where are they going with this? And the second episode I think gave us more direction for Falcon and Bucky. And now I think this is really starting to expand it. We're bringing in Sharon Carter, we're bringing in Zemo, we're bringing in kind of these other characters in this other part of the world. And it really feels like it's growing like a like a like a triangle, you know, you're just slowly going up and up and up and building up and building onto this world. And I wonder how big the scale is going to get. But yeah, I had a great time with this one compared to the other two episodes. I'm curious how you feel about it compared to the first two. I st- still think I like last week better, but I love last week's. I love this episode, and I really liked the episode one. I'm definitely way higher on this than I was uh, WandaVision. WandaVision is something I wanted. I mean, I did like WandaVision, but I feel like it, it, it was different than the show they promised us, I feel like. It was very much like they tried to be like oh this is weird and different and it started weird and different and then it became kind of boring typical marvel show and i would almost say like looking at this especially with like a lot of the political elements that surprisingly i think falcon and winter soldier is taking more risks than wandavision did yeah well it's just sort of like a reverse of wandavision where wandavision for me i the first episode, the first two that came out like night one, I was super into it. It was like one of the more interesting things I've seen Marvel do in such a long time. And then the next episode or two, I was really into it. And then as we got to like halfway through and later, it really started to dive off. And I really started to just kind of lose steam as it became more and more of a typical MCU show and less and less of what it seemed like it was going to be from the start. And 
this is the opposite for me where at the beginning I was like, okay, this is just kind of like your typical Marvel show with good guys and bad guys. And maybe the bad guys have like a teensy little bit of sympathy or whatever, but that's not really anything to explore. And by halfway through, I'm really into it and I can't wait to see what happens next. Yeah. And I mean, I could do a complete 180 because a lot of what I find it interesting is all of the moral grayness going on. If by, and if by the final episode, all of the morally gray characters team up to fight like the super evil power broker that's like mustache twirly villain i'm a, kind of be a little bit more down on the show but i'd love to have the, whoever the power broker come in and they're also a little morally gray especially if my prediction is right that it is sharon cotter i think i think the power broker will at least be something of like a, a political figure is my prediction like i think we see that uh, trailer towards the beginning of this episode where they had that little advert for the, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what it's called, like it's some sort of Marvel's version of reparations for the for the uh, snap, the victims yeah. of the snap. Yeah. And I do wonder if that's going to just be like a Skynet type thing, like it's a sand in for the power broker and power brokers corrupting people sort of through that system maybe. And I do wonder if it's going to be like a, a political figure of some kind. You mentioned Thunderbolt Ross, like that's a good prediction, I think. Sharon Carter might be answering to them in some way, but I do think the actual power broker themselves is going to be like a bigger kind of political figure yeah. who'd be able to pull those big strings. Yeah. What if it's old Steve Rogers? Now that would be a twist. It's just old man Steve Rogers is the power broker. <laughs> yeah, they're like, there was those rumors of Chris Evans coming back for the show and all those Captain America going to be in this. And it was just like, you know, smoke and mirrors from clickbait yeah. sources, obviously, usually, but. Yeah. I do wonder. That'd be hilarious if he shows up and he's actually the power broker the whole time. Yeah. He went bad. Yeah, but I, I think, I mean, I don't think they would do that because it kind of, to an extent, would ruin the character of Captain America unless you know it, it was like big twist. Captain America is the power broker, and then like the next big twist, you find out the power broker like there's a good reason why he's doing what he's doing, and it's actually like <laughs> for a good cause. But I don't think that's you know what's gonna happen is. Captain America and Falcon, they're going to be on the helicopter taking off, and Captain America is going to be standing there behind Falcon, and he's going to kick him off the helicopter and look down and be like, Hail Hydra. Serious Captain credits. America was Hydra the whole time. Yeah. But yeah. Marvel, write that down. I'm sure you guys have thought of that before. I'm still going to be, dis- I'm going to be disappointed, though, if they reveal the power broker, and it's like some no-name actor that's been in like three or four <laughs> shows and they're not connected to any character like i don't need everything to be connected but just when you're if they weren't building it up and like we've seen the power broker from the beginning and it's just like oh yeah i've seen that guy in like an episode of a show before but like the way they're building power broker up i'm just going to be kind of disappointed if it's like a nobody if it's if it's a nobody at least i want them to be like someone that we take seriously as a threat not just some character that shows up and there's like oh okay it's some like guy with the bad russian accent or something what if <laughs> and you're like okay they'd be in the next episode oh my god i'm forgetting the guy what if it's what's his face from iron man 3 the ralph boner no uh like the guy that played the mandarin but like he's like actually a villain now oh yeah da- uh dude from memento right he well not him. that guy but the the guy he's also in uh schindler's list and whatnot and gandhi <laughs> Thank God we're not on movie uh, trivia showdown. Yeah, we'd be failing right now. Ben Kingsley, there we go. Ben Kingsley, you're right. What Mr. Ben... Ten Rings himself. I will say, part of me is, if I had to have a small, like, safe kind of side bet, 
it would be that Justin Hammer is the power broker. That would be a good one. I do. I would love to have them bring back some of those like Sam forgotten MCU villain type people who are out there, and people kind of liked them, but the movie around them was not that good. Yeah, I mean, people love. That'd be Sam a fun Rock. thing to bring back. I feel like for what I want from the power broker of if of like a more dark and menacing character, it just doesn't really fit Justin Hammer, where he was more like goofy. Like I feel like you could bring Justin Hammer back to be like a good villain in something, but the way they're hyping up the power broker, I don't think it would work. I'm, I've just been trying to think of villains that like fit that are still alive, or at least characters that fit that are still alive. Yeah, I'm sure if they bring them in, it'll be someone that we don't expect. I don't expect them to be like a someone we would traditionally think of as a villain. Maybe I, I think Sharon Carter is a good call. I do yeah. think this show is playing in that kind of morally gray area. So I think Thunderbolt Ross kind of exists in that morally gray area. But I think you bring in like Abomination, people are like, okay, that's Abomination. Like he's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he's working for the bad guys. I think someone that exists in that middle ground, like Thunderbolt Ross, or like Sharon Carter, those are good calls for that. Yeah. Or it's a scroll. Or it's a scroll. It's like a no-name actor we've never seen before, blah, 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 like they have a thing, and I'm like disappointed, and then, you know, all the characters leave the room and they transform and we realize it's a scroll, and I'll be like a little bit less disappointed, but also kind of like, Sharon Carter, my prediction now, Sharon Carter that we see in this episode now, she's a scroll. She's been going to be realized scroll by the end of the, probably like the finale, the last scene or whatever, like they did for the last show. Oh, okay. She's been a scroll the whole time. Yeah. That's my, write that one down, guys. All right. Remember that. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else. I think we covered most things that happened this episode. We covered shitty John Walker and a shitty, I will say, fuck all the people that like bullied Wyatt Russell off Twitter <laughs> for playing a character well like congratulations you're so good at your job people fucking hate you now yeah people are so busy blaming release the snutter cut for being toxic and then we have marvel fans bullying people off twitter for playing characters who are morally gray on on tv yeah it's like hey wyatt russell not john walker different (laughs) you know one's a real human being that did nothing wrong the other kind of kind of just shitty like not bad per se just shitty and no one is bullying tom hiddleston off twitter and i'm pretty sure loki's killed like thousands of people at this point in the mcu so i'm sorry the guy was mean on tv but you know that's an actor daniel brules played a literal nazi and (laughs) they're bullying him off twitter yeah, don't bully people on Twitter, but maybe I do mean, some people follow us it. on Twitter. You know, some you can people. follow us at Movie Changeup on Twitter. Yeah, some people we deserve post it. there when we go live. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some people deserve. Some it. people do deserve it though, but not for playing a character. All right, do you got anything else to say about this episode? I think we covered most things. No, I liked it a lot. I'm really excited for the next one. I can't believe we're halfway through. There's a lot to cover, but I had a good time with this one, even if it didn't super advance the plot. I'm curious what the next steps are we didn't see a lot of john walker so i'm pretty next episode we see a good amount of him yeah but i'm excited to watch that one what are your thoughts joe yeah we'll see i mean with them especially talking about isaiah again this episode i think we're gonna see him and i think i mean my thing i'll be shocked about most about this show is if it ends with falcon or will with sam not being captain america like, if this show is over and Sam isn't Captain America, I will be utterly shocked and be like, this show was pointless. But, because, I mean, that's kind of the whole, like, through line of this show, basically. And you can tell, but it's fine. Like, I'm okay with that. But yeah, I'm really liking this show. It's kind of exactly what I expected. 
you know, I'm, I feel like it's movie quality, film quality. I can understand why it wasn't released as a film because I don't know, like, how much draw a Falcon and Winter Soldier show would have. Uh, but I'm definitely enjoying it. You know, if you watch this review and you haven't checked out the show yet, I would highly suggest checking it out. Especially if you're an M- yeah, if you're an MCU fan and you're not watching this show, then what are you doing? Definitely, like this is very much feels like it's more of the MCU. It very much it feels like watching a long MCU movie. Mm-hmm. WandaVision felt like it was kind of out on its own, and this definitely feels like you're watching essentially like Civil War two. You're watching Winter Soldier two. It's just like this is the next Captain America movie. Yeah, and one thing I will say I like about this is it was scored by Henry Jackman, who scored Winter Soldier and Civil War. So. I think it that partially helps give it that vibe. But yeah, check that check this show out if you haven't. Uh, we'll be back next week around this time with a review of episode four. Hopefully we love that just as much as we love this episode. Uh, follow us on TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter, basically all at Movie Changeup. You know, lo- follow us on Twitch if you're watching this on the YouTube version. Find our podcast. We're gonna be back next thursday with a regular episode of movie change up it's going to be me versus bobby and some great fights some great pitches uh i'm joe fricky that's tristan meyer have a nice day